0: Well, all race fans, a new edition of our EK and Debrief set to go, episode 125. It is Wednesday, February the 14th, 2024. Happy Valentine's Day to everyone. This is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole, uh, as we are now midweek through, having been down at the AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires for the final two rounds of the 2024 Supercarts USA Winter Series. AR, uh, AMR2, as we call it. I'll bring David here in a couple of seconds. We'll get rolling here for our debrief of the Scuzza Winter Series. For now, this show presented by Sody Racing USA. It's a multi-time world champion, and it's a Scoozer Super Nationals winner. It is Sodi Kart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand found a new home here in the United States. Sody Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi chassis line under the karting distribution banner. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sodi Racing chassis line offers product in classes from mini karts to KZ, all based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Visit Sodi Racing USA.com to learn more about the Sodi Racing chassis or call 954 634 5111 to become part of the Sodi Racing USA network today. Sodi Kart the world leader in karting industry. All right, David, let's jump into this thing here. Uh, this past weekend, February 9th to the 11th, we were down in Homestead, Florida. Uh, I already mentioned AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex presented by MG Tires. The final two rounds, rounds three and four of the four-round SuperCar USA Winter Series Championship. They take the best of three. And Championship Sunday was actually pretty exciting.
1: It was, and the whole weekend was pretty exciting. You know, good racing on Saturday, warm weather, uh, Pretty, pretty, you know, picture perfect, uh, both Until- Friday and Saturday, <laughs> and then Sunday. Yeah, it, um, you know, we we knew it, it was going to hit, and it did. It, it came just, uh, just uh, as the K one hundred Junior main event was about halfway through. Um, just a shower, so nothing heavy, nothing too crazy, but really certainly dampened the racetrack. And and K one hundred Junior drivers handled the wet racetrack on dry tires very well. Uh, But that kind of sent the paddock into a frenzy, getting rain setups, rain tires, all that other stuff for the other categories until it dried out about halfway through the rotation. And then we went back to dry weather racing. So uh, all in all, yeah, it was a pretty good weekend of racing. Um, You know, nothing, nothing really stood out in terms of anything bad. Um,
0: No, it was aggressive, but
1: yeah. I mean, you're going to get that. It's it's the finale weekend of a series. Um, Really, I I think only, you know, more the the X30 senior, maybe maybe a little bit in K senior as well, too. We're probably the only rough categories, all the rest. You know, the junior drivers drove very well. um, Nothing too crazy there. And we're in the cadet divisions as well, too.
0: Let's just circle back around again. Yeah, perfect weather on Friday and Saturday, essentially sunny in 75 at one point. It was just absolutely beautiful. We had some clouds in the morning like we normally do, but it kind of burned off and we had the beautiful blue skies. I, would, I do want to bring this up though, Dave, because you're three for three now, right? Let's just, I want to put a little bit of the, the responsibility and all this to you because the rain came and you, you you are now three for three on rain, which considering the fact that some of it came in Tucson, Arizona, uh, makes the streets very <laughs> impressive
1: well especially if it continues after our next event which will be in tucson again so exactly. if it rains yeah. there and i go four for four i'm i'm gonna i'm going for a perfect score on the season so you are
0: 100 percent, man you gotta um, bat, you gotta bat for the cycle
1: because that that's <laughs> yeah. gonna well that's gonna be the the race that it doesn't rain you know true 100%. all the rest of them all the rest of them more than likely have a chance you of could. rain but when you think tucson you don't think rain so That that's going to be the race where that'll either continue the streak or end it completely.
0: That's true. So I I will say this. And again, yes, as David mentioned, the rain did came, did come uh, uh, right in the middle of the KA 100 junior class. And David mentioned it. I was super impressed with all the drivers. Yeah. Not surprising when that rain first hits and it kind of hit in a different part of the track, right? It hit hit kind of like over in turn nine, but not in turn one as it was kind of coming through a bit. Yeah, some drivers went off, surprised by the lack of grip, obviously, as the rain hit. But then right afterwards, David, they all kind of settled in. And I was super impressed with the way they handled the rep. The second, it wasn't even the last couple laps. It was the second half of a long 22-lap main event. And they did a tremendous job. You see them throwing the thing around. They were sliding it. They were rolling on the throttle. I was really happy with the way those juniors really took to it and, and kind of came to the forefront.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is that that I, it was kind of a shock really, to be honest, it was shocking because you, you're expecting to see, you know, drivers go off, you know, luckily there's not too many walls. Um, I think really the only hard part would be what going, coming onto the main straightaway, the last yeah. couple of corners. Yeah. And, and we did, and we did see a couple of drivers get into the wall there, but other than that, you have plenty of runoff room. So if you do happen to make a mistake, um, you're not completely dead in the water. <laughs> get it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good one. But, good one, yeah. um, uh, dadjoke.com yeah, It is. Yeah, dadjoke.com. Uh it's uh yeah, I was it was impressive, you know, especially the front of the field, but then to see drivers, yeah. you know, go off the racetrack but then come right back and and fight their way forward to try and get those positions they gained. So I love we'll it, get man. more into that with the K100 Junior kind of recap, but um yeah, it was it was very impressive. Mini did a great job in the wet. Uh K100 Senior. Uh yeah, you know, it's K100 Senior. And then, yeah. uh, in microswift did well as well, as well too.
0: Yeah, then the T- then the K one hundred Masters is when it all stopped. The majority of the drivers went on dries, uh, and you could see like that little kind of five or five minute kind of gap between the end of one race and the start of the other race. The track really dried up. I think a handful of drivers went on wets to try to take advantage of that. Maybe maybe it was going to stay wet. They were off. They all retired, and it ended up being. And we'll talk again about it once once we get to the category. Um, let's go by the numbers, Dave. Uh, the first round was massive, record setting numbers of two hundred and ninety one. Kind of caught everybody off guard this second round actually better than a normal second event, right? Normally we'll see 230, 240 at the first one, and maybe 200, 210 maybe at the second one. We ended up having 230 entries. There was a number of walk-ups, so 230 total entries. MicroSwift was actually pretty good, You know, like only down to 38s. We saw some drops all the way through it, but there were still big numbers. Like, you know, KA 100 junior had 51. Yeah, we had 63 in January, but 51 drivers. They ran them all in the main event. Um, same goes for KA 100 senior. You know, th- 40 the first went round and 39 in round number two.
1: Yeah, you only have, you have like four or five that had very minimal loss or if any at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, as, we, as you said, KA 100 senior only losing one driver or one number. So um, – All in all, good. 230. I think that was close to the previous record. I want to say maybe, or maybe it was 250 last year. I can't remember exactly where it was. I should have looked that up, but um, again, still solid numbers, 230 total entries for an event featuring nine categories. And of course, master shifter, we're only talking about one driver. So really eight classes uh, when you look at it as a whole uh, solid numbers. And again, you know, nothing, nothing really stands out I was good to see the, the, the stabilization of X 30 junior at 27, because that's, yes. a, that's a category we saw a big drop-off last year, once we got done with the winter program. So that's going to be one to watch, you know, when we get to winter, the winter nationals next month, um, and other programs throughout the season. So that, that's going to be a one to watch. We know we're going to expect to see big numbers in K categories. Um, and the K master we had just a lot of the international drivers not returned so that's kind of the dip off there so well and, and, and half
0: the half the alessandros team they're the sponsor of the class and only that's I, what I said one- the
1: international they're all international oh, drivers yeah. so
0: yeah, where are they what happened
1: <laughs> well only so- one or two showed up actually so um But yeah, it's um, you know, that's that's kind of what you get with the Florida program. You get some weekends really strong, some weekends normal, some weekends could be could be bad, really not so much bad because a lot of people do like going to Florida. We never really had a bad weekend at Ocala. We've never really had bad weekend, bad events in Daytona for WK. So, um, yeah, again, solid numbers to begin the year. It's great to start off with the record-setting numbers we had last month, and of course, you know you're not going to get, continue that. So, um, again, over the 200 mark, that's where you want to be. That's where you want to stay consistent. It's just a matter of what do they do shifter-wise, Winter Series next year. That's that's a whole other topic. We can do talk talk about that every year, it seems like. But yeah, um, we do. Um, they they keep pushing along. So if, if drivers keep showing up, they'll keep having the category. That's true.
0: All right, folks, first break in the action. we get back, we'll dive into the Paddock Pass. A bunch of stuff to talk to you about. Obviously, very new to the season. And, of course, one of the big things we'll talk about in this segment was the fact that we had the new MG tires as well. David's got a bunch of information to go through. When we get back, after this break, we'll go into the Paddock Pass. Is IndyCar your dream? If it is, for 2024 and beyond, the path from karting to IndyCar has gotten even clearer. It's time to look into the new USF Juniors program and the Tadus JR23. As a first step of the USF Pro Championships presented by Continental Tires, the USF Junior Series will feature a six-event, 13-race schedule to train racers for the move into the USF 2000 Championship presented by Continental Tires. Three of the events in 2024 will run alongside IndyCar at Mid-Ohio road america and portland the champion will win a scholarship worth over two hundred and sixty three thousand dollars and has a total prize fund that will exceed three hundred and thirty thousand dollars the series utilizes the state-of-the-art Tadis jr 23 race car which is a development version of the usf 22 used in usf 2000 it's the ideal entry point for career-minded carters moving in to the car racing ladder Safety is always front and center in the minds of the series promoters, and the new USF Juniors car also features the halo, and races are supported by members of the AMR IndyCar safety team. If IndyCar is your goal, USF Juniors is the starting line. For more information, visit www.usfjuniors.com, and follow USF Juniors on social media. Ready to step up your game? Joining the Rawlison Performance Group is the obvious choice to take your racing to the next level. Industry-leading driver development is provided by our staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. And at the same time, RPG continues to be a national level powerhouse race team. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. We work with all age groups and are focused on developing those cadet and junior drivers who are ready to take the next step in their racing program. Rawls and Performance Group has set a new standard with our in-house engine program, AVP Engines, headed by Alex Vincent. AVP has become the benchmark in IAMI competition. We have the largest OTK inventory that follows our race team, providing trackside parts at all the major events in North America. RPG also offers multilingual support with French, Spanish, and Portuguese-speaking staff. If you want to fight for championships or want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is to call RPG at 503-260-4514. The Rawlson Performance Group, we race to win. made in the usa that's exactly what you get from precision karting technologies based in detroit michigan pkt brings over 35 years of manufacturing experience to the sport of karting their passion for the sport began focusing around the kid kart platform and has expanded every year with hundreds of products designed to put you on the podium precision karting technologies is known around north america for their successful line of axles available in all age groups pkt manufactures a number of engine products for comer IAMI, Rock, Rotax, and the popular Briggs & Stratton 206. A wide variety of chassis components for the many brands in the sport are available through PKT, including hubs, pedal risers, skid plates, and other hardware for your cart. Axle straightening, chassis adjustments, engine service, and specific CNC machining projects are available through their Motor City Headquarters. To learn more about the many products and services available from Precision Karting Technologies, head to pktaxles.com. Welcome back to episode 125 of the EKN Debrief as we're diving into the Supercarts USA Winter Series Finale, AMR2, which happened last weekend at uh, Homestead Miami Speedway and the motorplex there, the car track. Uh, we'll go into the Paddock Pass presented today by Margay Racing. Check out Margay Racing's Spec Ignite Class and their Arrive and Drive packages. Nothing matches the affordability and competitive level of the Ignite program. It's just one set of tires, national-level caliber drivers, where the best driver wins over the best equipment. Bring your safety gear, and Margay will take care of the rest. This year's Ignite majors include the USAC Karting Elkhart Riverwalk Grand Prix and the Rock Island Grand Prix on Labor Day weekend. The Midwest-based Ignite Challenge Series will hit six different tracks in 2024, and be sure to find a club running an Ignite class in your part of the country. For more uh, information, please visit IgniteCarding.com today. Get off the couch and into a race seat. All right, Dave, let's uh, talk about one of the big things that happened. You and I kind of rolled in there on Friday morning, you know, getting, chatting with ECAN uh, partners, teams, drivers, families, whatever it may be. And one of the big, I think, talking points was everybody just looked at us and went, man, we're burned out <laughs> it was the fifth straight event for many of the teams, drivers, families. It was, it's, it's been a busy, uh, five weeks in, in, uh, in Florida.
1: Yeah. And for other, for some even more and going yeah. into this weekend with rock cup, USA, Florida winter tour, essentially we'll wrap up the Florida streak, uh, with, you know, that many races in a row in Florida. Um, uh, a little bit of a break, before the Pro Tour begins, but again, everybody will be back there a week ahead of time to do the testing and and the, the Norberg race that they're going to have as well too. Yeah. So uh, there's just a lot of racing that's going to be going on. You know, very similar to what we saw last year, and I think everybody's just kind of counting down the days till April. You know, end of April, beginning of May, where kind of regroup and and catch up, catch your breath, and and uh, you know, hopefully we don't lose compete people or or lose you know uh the drive and 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 that stuff but again it's just a lot it just you know i get it i understand it you know promoters you you don't make money if you're sitting on the couch not hosting a race so i get that side of things race teams they got to go to the racetrack in order to make money uh i get that as well too but it just it just seems like there's just a lot of racing it's like we're loading it all in the front end and and kind of Uh, you know, hoping it returns back when we hit summertime.
0: Well, it's again, it comes down to the fact of this, right? It's been (laughs) like this for the last number of years with both the winter series And the Florida Winter Tour for Rock Cup. Then, of course, now the emerging success of the Rotax program at at, the Winter Trophy event. They've seen the success with J3 and and Race Rotax and their Trophy Series events, and of course the Trophy Series uh, final at Newcastle. But then you throw these back-to-back weekends for Rotax at Orlando. All of a sudden, it just jams everybody up, and it's just it's it's crazy because the teams and the families and drivers they're trying to run everything as opposed to just picking one. Right, and that's the whole thing of hey seat time. I need more seat time. If they're doing it, I'm doing it. And that's kind of the, that's kind of the role where we're on right now. And again, is it sustainable? I think that's the bottom line question, right? That's, that's really, is, is this something we're going to be able to keep doing year in and year out?
1: Yeah. And it, I, I, there's no right or wrong answer. We don't know because again, you don't know the the amount of people that we're going to have in the sport at you know, next year and year after year after that. And we've seen a good influx of new people into the sport since covid Uh, really? So the last three years we've been kind of riding the wave and when you're riding the wave, it's like, yes, we can add more races because we have more people. Well, not necessarily. Um, you know, you kind of have to look at it. We are getting bigger numbers at at these events than what we've had in the past. So that kind of does dictate that. Um, but you don't want to, again, drag it out too long to where people get burnt out. Like you said, Mm and, and, and the budgets keep going up. We well, yeah. The budgets keep going up, but we also can need to continue to to grow the pyramid, get that base going to where people yeah. can grow, work up from the club level to the regional to the national level. You can't always have people jumping in at the national level, even if you may have the budget for it. Start exactly. you know, yep. because again, if you, you if you're running at the back of the field ten weekends in a row, are you going to go back for an eleventh? You know, that's, yeah, right. that's the question. Yeah, you're right. that's
0: what, listen, that, listen, that, that And there's a break that down for a topic for a future round table. And it's how, how to approach new people coming to the sport. Cause again, like you said, there's a number of teams that are bringing people brand spanking new straight up to a national level event. And they're just getting their ass handed to them on the racetrack. And that just can't be the experience everybody's trying to look for. Right.
1: Yeah. I'm writing it down right now.
0: Oh boy! All right, so David, a, a number of drivers kind of moving over chassis wise. And one of the ones that we talked about was Ben Crittenden moving to in USA as technical and operations director. And then with Supertune, of course, under Ben and, and his crew there, uh, welcoming Nathan Dupuy. He made a move over to the the and chassis with Supertune.
1: Yeah, it's it, Crittenden is you know been in the in the United States for a long time from the UK, uh, raced over there got a lot of experience, came over here. It was actually with First Cart North America was his start. So we remember that back in the middle of 2000s. Right. Um, and then, uh, you know, he worked his way. They did the Bennick thing. And now uh, he broke off and started the Super Tune team. And he's been doing that for a number of years. And Parolin USA approached him to, with this opportunity. And so he's a technical and operations director now under that brand. And so, working with parallel drivers from all different teams, um, and then setting aside the team stuff with um, uh, Billy McLaughlin and um, uh, oh my gosh, I can't think of the driver. Yeah, I
0: can't. Top guard
1: driver who won Uh, Supernats, Marco Mastronzi. Marco Mastronzi, yes. Uh, So, those two are essentially going to be running the the race team operations for Supertune. Um, and then, yeah, welcoming Dup- uh, Nathan Dupuy over on the, for the first time uh, on the Parallel brands uh, under the SuperTune tent. So, um, uh, debut for all of that happening this week, that past or this past weekend.
0: So, one of the big things that happened, again, if you, Dave, you can give me more information on this, was the Friday meeting they had talking about the new format for the Supercars USA Pro Moto Tour or Pro Tour.
1: Yeah, you know, as it was announced earlier, they're, do, they're separating Pro Shifter, X30 Pro uh, towards the end of each day um that's the goal uh with uh, their new pro show format that they're going to be running in 2024 and so they're they're still kind of nailing out nailing down the kind of the details and format of the weekend because it's all going to debut in Orlando for the Winter Nationals so they met with some of the teams to to kind of discuss uh format of of each day and how the race weekend will unfold um, certainly one of the things that was talked about is hot pit. That's something that they've been trying to implement. Um, unfortunately with the way Orlando is laid out, it, it, it provides a lot of challenges in that mm-hmm. s- scenario. So, um, we're waiting to see what Supercars USA will be announcing. Um, so that was one of the meeting topics. And again, just, just trying to get, make sure the teams are all on board with, with, um, the way they're going to debut this new, this new format. So okay. waiting to hear, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming either this week or next week, we'll kind of get more details surrounding that and, and get uh, information from them on that.
0: There you go. All right. Another thing I'd mentioned before we came into the break and into this edition of the panic pass Uh, new tires, obviously, right? The, the MG sh two and the SW two. Um, I know that you did some comparison, David's on pace, you know, speed wise from 2023 to 2024, both in the clockwise uh, and counterclockwise direction like we ran back in January.
1: Yeah, we already covered the clockwise stuff in the uh, previous debrief that uh, that uh, you know comparing last year's tire to this year's tire for the for the categories that have gone from the s h tire to the s h two tire, when we're looking at qualifying times and you know you have one two, what do we have six classes that utilize this tire. And we, we found that the SH2 tires was was a lot quicker in a number of the different categories uh, in the counterclockwise direction. And then so we kind of took that same data for the clockwise direction. And, and then numbers pretty are pretty close in terms of the, the differences between 2023 and 2024. Mm. Uh, you look at K100 Senior got about six to eight tenths difference quicker in qualifying. K100 Junior about one second to six tenths quicker. Uh, half a second for X 30 junior K master, which it's, I think it's maybe because it's a heavier category. So I don't know if this, there was the, why there isn't much difference, but you're only talking about two tenths difference um, in qualifying times from last year to this year. So, and even in my, mini swift, it was only two tenths was a larger uh, gap between last year and this year. And then micro swift had a gap of eight tenths. So again, um this tire certainly is a little bit better and again i think all all the sessions were in dry conditions no wet weather affecting the uh the qualifying sessions at all so um um just more data we'll, we'll put this out on social media as well too to kind of everybody can kind of look at the breakdown and compare it to the counterclockwise that we did back in january so yeah interesting yeah. to look at the numbers and and how much how much quicker lap times are with this new sh2 tire
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that tire changes potentially, obviously, pace, as you said, raceability, durability. We'll see that more happen as that tire gets used throughout the 2024 season. All right, we're done with the Paddock Pass. Time to jump on into the race reports. We'll work our way through the categories after this break. We'll come back and talk about Pro X30 and Pro Shifter. Don't go anywhere. More to come on this edition of The Debrief. In racing, experience is priceless franklin motorsports is a leader in the karting industry with over 50 years of combined karting experience and we can provide you with everything you need to go racing with a large online product selection select track support events and a wide variety of shop services franklin motorsports is your complete karting source check out our online store at www.franklinkart.com where all our products are just a mouse click away We're constantly adding to the growing product selection on the online store, and we ship daily to ensure products get to you quickly. We specialize in IAME engines, tilt seats, ceramic products, driveline branded products, Briggs and Stratton engines, OTK products, and of course, the championship winning Merlin chassis. In our online store, you'll find a variety of items to fill your karting needs. Franklin Motorsports is also known for our wide variety of services and is home to innovative engine works by FMS our in-house engine service department. Frame straightening, cart prep, and dyno testing are all services offered regularly at Franklin Motorsports. For all things karting, visit franklincart.com. History, success, family. Those are the three words that can describe Comet Cart Sales one of the longest tenured karting businesses in the United States. The family-owned operation located just outside of Indianapolis has provided carts, parts, and services for thousands of racers in the near six decades of business. Their online store features everything you need, continually adding new parts to their product line. From full karting packages, new engines, spare or replacement parts, and safety gear, find it all at comickartsales.com. Their Comet Racing Engine service has won multiple major events and championships over decades of karting and continues to offer the best trackside service in the industry, specializing in IAMI X-30, IAMI Swift, and other two-cycle power plants. Make sure to head to CometKartSales.com or call them at 317-462-3413 to be part of the Comet Kart Sales family today. The new face of competitive karting in the Pacific Northwest region is Racelab. The full service karting operation is located at the state of the art Kartplex facility in Oliver, British Columbia, Canada, providing everything you need to hit the track or put yourself in a successful driver development program. Racelab is the official North American distributor for the TB Kart chassis brand, providing the full range of models from Kid Kart to Shifter Kart. Villeneuve Racing Carts is their flagship product available only through Racelab. The brand carries the name of Formula One champion and Indianapolis 500 winner Jacques Villeneuve with each model produced by TV Cart. Cartplex, the home of Racelab, is situated on the grounds of the Area 27 Motorsports Park. From full arrive and drive TV Cart rentals to leagues and competition karting, the facility provides a new home to developing the future stars of motorsports all beginning at KartPlex with Racelab. Follow Racelab on social media on Facebook and Instagram or load up their website at www.theracelab.ca to learn more about TV Kart and Villeneuve Racing Karts. Racelab, race with us, win with us. And back to jump into the race report as uh, this edition of The Debrief. Again, this uh, edition of The Debrief brought to you by Sodi Racing USA. We'll head on into the race report segment of the of the podcast. Now this one uh, presented by in USA. It all started back in 1994 when former car driver Albino Perlin decided to move his passion for karting from the track to his small workshop. That's when Perlin was born. Parolin USA is North America's source for Parolin products. We run a factory race team at all the major Supercarts USA, USPKS, and Rock Cup USA events. The Parolin chassis lineup includes the Invader Shifter, the Lamont Tag single-speed chassis for junior and senior drivers, the 28mm Opportunity Model for the Cadet Classes, and the Daytona 4-cycle chassis. Get on the chassis that's winning. Drive a Parolin. For more information, head to ParolinUSA.com. All right, let's set it up, folks. I'll roll in here with the category. I'll drop the headline, and David and I can kind of fill it in from there. Pro X30, presented by Speed Lab Racing Engines, and here's the headline. Four different winners in four rounds. Pretty impressive, David, all told.
1: It is, especially when you're looking at you know Pro X30 being the headline division, and the number of drivers that you have in there, and and something we haven't seen too much, but I really at the winter series we do see the little diversity in terms of drivers picking up victories and and certainly we did again in 2024 round three however belonged to donovan Benilla the rollison performance group driver on the cosmic swept the day's action yeah. set fast time simon qualifying at 47.374 and led wire to wire both the pre-final and final just essentially checked out from the field in the main event as uh, they battled behind him pretty heavily uh, and for early. the second spot. Like and early. Right, at
0: the, right at the start of the main, they started battling and he was gone. Like He, he literally had probably two seconds at the end of the opening lap.
1: Yeah, then that, that anytime you get that, it's going to be hard to come back. Harley Keeble eventually got into the second spot uh, by about the halfway mark, just before the halfway mark. He ran fast laps of the race, but not quite enough, as it was only 1.4, or it was a large 1.4 second advantage for Benia at the line ahead of Keeble.
0: Yeah, I want to say Keeble cut it in half, though. I think it was like about three seconds. I think when I was calling that race, we were just—he was two tenths quicker lap, kind of thing, right? Benia was being very was really consistent, but Keeble was just not just there weren't enough laps for him. To catch him based on the pace he was running, but still he was just cutting into that gap, just like lap after lap, two tenths, three tenths, one tenth. It never stopped.
1: Yeah, it was well, he gained a half a second on the last lap. So that that tells you how big the advantage was. Yeah, so right. uh yeah, uh, yeah but Keebo fast lap of the race. So he did get that, was a quick was quick on the Sodi cart. Um, just not able to get in position to to challenge as he had to come up from the fourth spot. He actually fell back into uh seventh at the start of the main event.
0: A lot of great racing behind them, though. Obviously, Benia out front, we didn't focus on them that much because it was just a lot of really hardcore racing. Diego Ramos coming through to finish in the third spot. Paul Pauli Massimino uh, is probably down to eighth or ninth at one point, fought his way back up, and I, I want to say like a last couple laps was able to come out with a strong fourth-place finish. Dalton Haynes was in the middle of the battle as well on the Sodi Kart machine, and they were all kind of going at it there. Massimino had, had to make a big move to the inside of Haynes. I think it was, in turn, like, Two and three, kind of thing, uh, to get to the spot, but nonetheless, as David had said, a wire to wire victory for Paul Benilla. Hard charger in the event, though, David. Another one of the uh, the RPG drivers, Laurent Legault, who was actually in the middle of the scrap all weekend long, up 20 spots, started 29th in the pre-final, uh, ended up ninth in the main event.
1: Yeah, started 29th in the main event, yeah, and yeah. uh, finished 29th in the pre-final and worked his way oh, up to yeah. the ninth. So a good, a good drive. Any idea what, for
0: the, any idea what happened Did he it's, to drop him that far back? I can't remember off the top of my head.
1: I would assume it had to be contact. Um, it uh, was uh, completed eight laps, was running in the top 10, actually. So okay. must, yeah, I'm assuming contact.
0: There you go. Okay, I can't really remember top of my head right now what happened to him. Or did it, oh, he might've pulled off to the side of the racetrack with something, something wrong, mechanical too. That's a possibility. I have a feeling he might've pulled off going up to turn number nine with a mechanic, like a chain or something like that. Uh, we, we, we were wondering anyways, uh, let's roll into uh, let's roll into Sunday because it, it was obviously a much different day.
1: It was and the debut of uh, Stephen Miller, the senior rookie making uh, his X 30 debut uh, set fast time and Sunday qualifying, working with AM engines uh, aboard the X spree uh, so kind of doing expri with AM on the X30 side and then running Nash Motorsports in K senior. So kind of going back and forth between the two tents all weekend and long.
0: Dave, let me give you some insight too. Cause I asked Stephen Miller about that. I go, where'd this come from? Right. Cause he hadn't, he hadn't run X30 yet. He said, he said, Ar- Ariel Castro just said, Hey, listen, I got an engine. I got a cart. I'll take care of the entry and tires and everything. Do you just want to drive for me? And you know, Stephen's like, yeah, all right. I'd love to do that. Let's go back and forth. And man, I think it obviously showed you know, good good call for uh, for Ariel because you know Miller had that that package, that combination of his his edges, AM engines, and the Xpree up front, essentially all weekend long. All, all you know, all weekend long, he was pretty 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 stout all weekend.
1: Yeah, it was and you know who else uh, used to do that as well? Who's that? Uh, Mateus Morgado, I believe oh, it was right. in the oh, uh, right. 2022 season. He came yes. and ran for Ariel before going to Europe. And what he do in Europe in 2022 happened to win a championship. I think <laughs> Yeah, some little world championship. Uh, cool. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So Miller put himself at the front of the field in qualifying, but Benia, who we saw be really strong on Saturday, uh, found himself at the front of the field at the end of the pre-final. Uh, but, uh, Interesting and exciting start uh, to the main event as they went through turn two. Bonilla kind of got pushed to the outside, actually dropped a yeah, wheel, up. Yeah. and uh, kind of basically spun sideways in the middle of the field. The event, like, thankfully, did not get hit by anyone and was able to continue on, but fell all the way back to, I want to say, 22nd at the, uh, at the end of the, the opening lap. So uh-huh. that essentially took him out. It was actually 24th. Uh, so that essentially took him out of the running as uh, three cart Republics got together and drove away from the rest of the field. It was Alessandro DiTulio, Brandon Carr and Thomas Nouveau uh, out front running one, two and three for a majority of the time. It was, it was Navo leading the way DiTulio got by and then eventually Carr got by and into the lead. And as they took the white flag, he defended into turn one, didn't get a great run through the corners. So this allowed De Tulio pull inside of him just enough to be in that spot where he's going to, he's going to own the apex going into turn two. So Thomas Navo behind him, he either had his teammate to choose to push or de Tulio while well, he chose a teammate on the outside, pushed him forward just enough to where Carr was able to clear De Tulio through tour, turn number two. And from there it was all car leading the way all the way to the checkered flag, as uh, they kind of battled behind him for second and giving Carr his first uh, SCUZA Winter Series victory in X-30.
0: Yeah, indeed, a big win for, for Brandon Carr, for sure. DeTulio coming home in second, Navo in third. But Nouveau also, because it was obviously Cart Republic one two three 2 3 did a pretty good job in terms of holding back one of the Lions as well. Ryan Norberg who uh, had fallen back uh, a little bit deeper in the field, fought his way back forward, reached the rear of Navo, but uh, Thomas was kind of r- running that blocker move, right? wasn't wasn't allowing anybody to get through to get their way back up to Carr or Tulio. So Norberg ended up finishing in the fourth spot, really nowhere to go, and he – I would then cap off the championship in the second position, Bonilla in third. Dalton Haynes, another top five. Two top fives on the, on the day, or the weekend, rather, for Dalton Haynes. Uh, he ends up in the fifth spot. Uh, Tullio with the championship by 75 markers over Norberg. Bonilla, as I said, back 20, uh, 92 points for third. And the hard charge of the race, David Lucas Nanja on the Cart Republic, up 13th spot, started 27th, ended up 14th.
1: Yeah, I believe contact was the situation for him uh, in the pre-final.
0: Let's move to the pro shifter category presented by PSL karting. And here's the headline. Morgado uses weekend sweep to clinch the crown. Really a, a tale of two weekends, right?
1: It Well, it was, yeah, it was. I mean, you had January as his really U.S. debut in the shifter kart category after racing a number, a couple or handful of races in Europe in the KZ uh, platform. Uh, so really kind of, it, it was a big change. You know, last yeah. last month we saw Formel really kind of dominate everything, mm-hmm. kind of show the way and kind of give uh, Morgato kind of a, a schooling on how to shift your heart race. And and really it was kind of a, t- a, a flip of it. You know, Morgato just seemed saying, to have yeah. the this enormous pace. I mean, not necessarily racecraft, but just the pace. I think nearly every session he had he was clear of the field, whether it be two or three tenths. Um, and I think that began in qualifying on Saturday. It was just under two tenths. He was quicker by Formal uh in the qualifying session, went on to win the pre-final, and then the main event Formal great whole shot, got to got to the lead, but Morgado came back, took control, uh, and from there was able to just drive away again with fast laps of the race. He ran a 45.851. That was his quickest. He was the only driver in the 45. So that's at least two tenths of a lap quicker every lap as he pulled out away to a 3.5 second advantage uh, over Formal.
0: Yeah, the, in the post-race interviews, Formal said, hey, listen, he, he just had us covered. You know, we, we were losing, we, we were missing a bit on the chassis. We were missing a bit on the engine, right? And, and it says, what do you do? He, he's your four, he was four tenths faster on Sunday, too, when we get to that. But again, Morgata with that win, three and a half seconds for Mal second. had uh, Giorgio Carraro back with Inter MS on the Kart Republic, and he was a factor throughout the weekend, too. He ended up third. Uh, Michael Riccio for Magic Kart USA. Man, he was kind of a revelation all weekend long, was right in the middle of the scrap, too. He ends up finishing in the four spot ahead of Justin White on the Marinello. Um, You talked about the, f- the four horse getting a whole shot. Uh, Morgato took control, as you said, but uh, Alan Isambard was right in the middle. because it, it was a kind of a four-driver fight at one point up front. Isambard got hard into the back of, uh, I think, I don't know if it was Formal or not, somebody. might have It actually might have been Carrara. Ended up breaking the nose off, and that was it for him. And another driver we talked about being very impressive in January. Cooper Becklin for uh, Rawls Performance Group on the Cosmic had an issue in the pre-final started at 11th and was able to get himself up into 7th.
1: Yeah. So Sunday, as you kind of said, Morgato found even a little bit more speed yeah. if, unless everybody else got slower, uh, because I mean, a little bit when I say a little bit, I'm talking like ninety two thousandths quicker in qualifying. So just a little bit quicker, but still almost four tenths quicker than anybody else in the qualifying session. And again, when when's the pre-final uh, got the whole shot this time in the in the final, but formal struck quickly. Uh, on cold tires, got ahead of Morgato uh, in the, I want to say, the opening lap, and then led a couple laps until Morgato made a great deep move going into the the uh, the first hairpin. Uh, remember, remember a, too, David,
0: a, remember, too, that Morgato got pushed back more than one spot. Didn't he get pushed back to, like, third at one point? I think, I want to say Carrara or Isambard or something got by him early. He actually he actually wasn't second. I think he went back to third, but then immediately fought himself back forward. And then you can go on from there. But he Correct. did yeah. he, he did get pushed back to more than second. Everybody knew that they had to gang up and put him down as far as they could, if there was any chance at all. I
1: don't I don't think it was going to help. I think he would have had to have been <laughs> spun sideways and had to restart in order. For he probably could have started
0: last. Exactly right.
1: So uh, yeah, just the pace was 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 phenomenal. But you you took my my dramatic, deep move into the hairpin. But anyway. Well,
0: finish it off. Finish no, you no,
1: no. wanted to you wanted to interrupt me. Uh, he made a deep wanted, move in the hairpin. I it was wanted, deep, to, I wanted good. to set the st- <laughs> It was deep and good.
0: <laughs> what was it, though? The, the, the interesting thing was he, it was like a last minute well, lunge to the apex. So when, cool. they, when
1: they go through the double lefts there, and, and again, in this direction, you come up to uh, essentially for the shifters, it's a jump. You go through the jump right dog leg before you make the hairpin turn. And as Formal was kind of setting up to make the jump, Morgado just powered inside and got to the jump first and Formal kind of had to check up. And then so Morgado had the line into the, in the hairpin and then from there just motored away. And as you said, basically four tenths of a lap quicker uh, when in terms of fast lap of the race and pulled out to a near six second margin of victory.
0: It is my favorite part of this particular track layout in terms of raceability. When guys will make a move like that with Margotta in turn seven, right? When, when you make that, whatever move you make to kind of dive to the apex, like over the seven curb into the, I just, I just think that's super cool. When the guys are able to control the cart, once it lands and get it back to where it needs to be.
1: As you say, you got to have the confidence to do it. Yeah. Cause if you just throw it in there, not, not either not having the confidence or not having the ability to do it. Um, it's going to cause you trouble or a lot of other people trouble,
0: it's true. It's gonna be messy <laughs> 100%. Uh, once out front, though, obviously, Morgata was able to pull away. Um, that was just s- simple as that, and we knew that was going to happen. He ends up winning by 5.8 seconds, so even more than he won on Saturday, he was able to expand that to 5.8 on Sunday. Again, for Malice, so he just didn't simply didn't have anything for him on this occasion. Carrera, uh, back in third, so the identical podium. From Saturday to Sunday Alan Isenbar this time able to um, Avoid the issues he had on Saturday He ends up taking fourth Michael Riccio again in the uh, the top five For Magic Kart US I all told a great weekend for him Formal able to steal the championship away from Formal and You got to think Formal, David After that kind of dominant performance in January He was coming in like, okay, I got this I think we even figured he had the championship locked in right? Like one really good day On, on race three on Saturday Hey, he's going to lock this thing down but Morgado was absolutely perfect, and in doing so, remember fast lap of the race. Every race, there's you know there's pole for ten points, there's fast lap of the mains for ten extra points. On sheer pace alone, two poles and two fastest laps was forty points. He ends up beating Formel by twenty five points to score the championship.
1: Yeah, a great, a great performance, great championship performance by Morgado on Sunday. Like you said, it w- we thought Formel had it in hand, but yeah, uh, PSL, Karting, Braille, Art, TM, they all did their homework and uh, and got him moving uh in this direction and he said and i think he said in the interview he doesn't necessarily like this direction better he likes the other direction better so um explain that to me i don't i don't know you would think well, you know, what we,
0: he wants to go back again and, and and redo the first couple of rounds right Where maybe that's what again.
1: it is maybe they yeah. actually figured it out and now now they've got it figured out they want to go back in the other direction mm-hmm
0: um again like we said uh, margado Formal, Isambard, top three in the championship Scott Barnes sketchy Barnes uncontested in the masters category um finished seventh on uh, in, in day one and then ran actually up as a pro shifter on on Sunday so that he was able to keep his positions on Saturday he would start the the race from last doesn't matter where he finished because he was up there running with a couple of drivers you know running at the tail of the, of the field there so um so he was able to then run and finish he finished seventh on Sunday. Uh, when he was able to start work his way up to the pre finals. So, all told, uh, Skitchy Barnes get the championship and get a chance to run with the pro guys on the next day. We'll continue through here for the race report, folks. Another quick break in the action. When we come back. It'll be KA100 Senior, X30 Junior, K- and KA100 Junior. Three categories up next on this edition of the debrief.
1: Are you ready to go from carts to cars?
0: Since 1975, the Skip Barber Racing School has taken great drivers and made them champions. Today, we're proud to welcome the next generation of winners. Make the transition from carts to cars with the Skip Barber Formula Race Series. You'll compete at the most iconic tracks in America. Race weekends include your very own equalized Formula 4 race car, a professional crew, expert instruction, video and data analysis, hospitality, and more. This is the place to fulfill your dream of becoming a champion. Sign up today by calling 866-932-1949 or visit us at
1: skipbarber.com.
0: All over the karting world, everyone knows OTK is the gold standard for quality and performance. In the U.S., OTK USA is the source for all things OTK from the legendary Tony Kart brand to the race-winning Cosmic and Xprix chassis, and now the new Red Speed and EOS brands, OTK quality is second to none. All five brands are winning races and championships across the country in national programs like the Rock Cup USA Florida Winter Tour and the Challenge of the Americas, the Skuza Pro Tour and Winter Series, and the Pro Kart Challenge, the United States Pro Kart Series, and the WKA Manufacturer's Cup and OTK products are also front and center on the podium of club and regional races from coast to coast. To learn more about a specific product line, or to find the OTK USA dealer near you, whether it's Tony Kart, Cosmic, X-Free, Red Speed, or EOS, visit www.otkusa.com. Specific chassis territories are still available, so kart shops interested in adding a winning component to their product lineups and contact OTK USA directly. It all started in my parents' garage. That's the foundation for MPG Motorsports, which grew from a small home garage in Indiana into one of the top race teams and car shops in the industry. A true passion for motorsports runs deep in the DNA of MPG, which has developed strong connections within karting. Now based at the Whiteland Raceway Park in central Indiana, MPG Motorsports offers a wide range of opportunities through its race team while providing a full-service kart shop as an official dealer for the Kart Republic brand. The MPG Motorsports race team is led by ownership partner and karting champion Chase Jones and provides full trackside service and driver development. Be part of the MPG program at the USPKS. Stars Championship Series and Route 66 Sprint Series events with arrive and Drive opportunities available at those programs, as well as at the Whiteland Club races this season. A new 3,500 square foot shop is now open at the Whiteland Raceway Park in Whiteland, Indiana, and is the new home of MPG Motorsports. This new headquarters will provide local and regional racers with a full-service race shop that provides a wide range of parts and supplies to racers, including the full chassis line of the Kart Republic brand. For more, head to mpg-motorsports.com and follow us on social media. Let MPG Motorsports take your motorsports career in the direction of your choice. Welcome back to episode 125 of our EKN Debrief, our race report podcast, all part of our EKN Trackside live coverage. David Cole, myself, Rob Howden, we're at uh, Homestead for the final two rounds of the Supercarts USA Winter Series this past weekend. Uh, and here we are rolling our way through the race report brought to you by and USA. KA 100 Senior presented by Sodi Racing USA. Here's the headline. Tulio doubles up in wins and championships. He was just impressive all weekend long.
1: Yeah, he loves Homestead. It uh it's his home racetrack, knows it very well. Backwards, forwards in the wet, in the dry.
0: That's true. He
1: he's got it covered. Yeah. Uh, but Stephen Miller had it covered to begin Saturday, won the set fast time in qualifying, was able to hold on and win the pre-final. Uh, but it was him and Di that were pushed that were able to get away from the rest of the field. Um they were kind of just settling in, waiting for a mo- something to happen, and it did going into the second hairpin. Uh, DeTulio made his move, got through. Miller kind of tried to hold it on the outside, uh, ran out of room, I believe went over the curbing that they have there and did, kind of yeah. lost ground and got into the grass a little bit, and that essentially was the, the, the winning move as DeTulio drove away uh, to a near one-second victory over Miller.
0: There was a little bit of contact at the apex, let's be real. The, the, the two leo had to kind of force it to the inside, right? The opening was there. He got down to the bottom, but he kind of had to force it a little bit, and Miller standing on the throttle, didn't want to give it up, right? Probably could have maybe gave it up and tried it in another corner, but I think he figured he would have had more on the outside and just kind of got run to the outside of the curbing, David, as you had mentioned. Did, did the best he could to hold him off, but it just wasn't going to happen.
1: Yeah, that's a tough That's that's a tough area to, to hold the outside because – it's not just run, it's not uh, level curbing or, uh, rumble strips. It's actual curb. And so if you jump on that, you're, it's going to either throw you left or throw you right, depending on how hard you hit it. And if you go left, you're going to go into the grass, which is, which is just on the outside there. And then you got to fight your way back onto the racetrack area and not, not exactly the best way, best spot to hold the outside, especially when it's just you two up front. Let the guy through, regroup, get him the next lap.
0: That's true. Yeah, indeed, indeed. But, again, in the end, the Tulu ends up coming out. The win was uh, just over eight-tenths of a second. Uh, Miller finishing in second on that Nash Motorsports EOS. Uh, Mick Gabriel was uh, really good all weekend. I think he actually led for a time in this race early on. That might have been Sunday. But, regardless, uh, Gabriel comes home in third. Donovan Bonilla was fourth. Again, as we talked about, Bonilla being a winner on Saturday in X thirty senior, he was right in the hunt in all the races as well. And Chase Bissaglia, I think a really good run for him. Chase on the Gallard for GWR coming home to finish off the top five. Hard Charger Logan Adams in the Tony Cart up twenty two spots, involved in a big wreck in uh, in the pre final, but was able to. Uh, he was fine. They were able to get things back together. He started at the tail of the field thirty eighth and moved up twenty two spots to 16th good run for Logan Adams who will actually run in the USF pro 2000 category this year, but getting a run in there with, uh, with Rawls and performance group on the weekend.
1: Yeah. Great. Uh, great recovery for him. Uh, yeah. He hasn't done a lot of national karting. You know, he's no. normally the trash guy at Newcastle when yeah, right. big races head there. Um, so it's uh, yeah. He, and he, the, the hard part, I think, you know, talking with his dad, Mike, is he, he was trying to drive it like a car again. And it's like, no, get back into your karting mm-hmm. rhythm. And uh, I think it, you know, again, takes a couple of days to, to kind of break that rust and, and get to it. And um, I think he was doing really well on Saturday till, till it started raining again. On Sunday. Yeah, indeed. Or on indeed. Sunday. Yeah. I don't think they, they didn't run the main, they actually didn't run the yeah. main
0: event. Yeah. yeah. Which I get, you know, you don't want to destroy cart kart when you're, you know, when the, the focus is on car racing, right? Why well, go out and, and do a, Wreck fast and, and bend up a chassis. I understand that for sure. Uh, Dave, let's talk. Let's talk Sunday because you only need to talk about DeTulio in terms of the results. Qualified on pole, forty nine point one one seven. Won the pre final, and then of course, in a, a very challenging wet race, was able to essentially walk away to an eight point four second victory.
1: Yeah, very similar to what we saw on Sunday in uh, last month where he was the provisional winner, walked away from the field, unfortunately had the uh, the bumper, rear bumper situation with the tires uh, disqualifying him from the race. So he was able to avoid that, drove away to an 8.4 second victory uh, over Stephen Miller, who essentially had second spot wrapped up for a majority of the race and just uh, just didn't quite have the pace that Tullio had. Uh, when you look at fast lap of the race, De Tullio four-tenths of a lap quicker than Steven Miller's fast lap. So an amazing performance by De Tullio who was able to uh, to lock up this class championship, so two championships on the weekend for
0: him. Yeah, a lot going on because third, third, fourth, and fifth in the final results were uh, Garbarino, Overbeck, and Cameron Weinberg. That Those are the drivers that, that brought Valentino Garbarino in a Tony cart, James Overbeck making his uh, run here at the Scuzo Winter Series on a Tony cart, and then the TV cart of Cameron Weinberg. But the real battle for third – was actually between Colin Lloyd and Ivana Richards. Ivana, of course, getting the victory back in January. She finished second to Tulio and got the win with his DQ. She was able to work her way forward once again, showing, again, incredible uh, wet weather ability for Ivana Richards. So impressive. She's able to get in there in the middle of a big fight with Colin Lloyd. She kept making great moves to the inside of turn number eight. You talked about the pass that Morgato had made. She would make this inside move. Everybody else was trying the outside. She would make the inside stick in the first of the two hairpins. But it came down to essentially the final lap, and she had made a great move, got the pass done on Lloyd in turn number nine as they came through 10 and over to 11, the first of the two right-handers lead onto the front straightaway. Literally, she opened up for the corner, and Colin Lloyd literally just drove over top of her. It's like he didn't even lift. He just literally just came straight in, tried to make a move to the inside, and just drove over top of her, taking both those carts out. Indeed, Lloyd, I think Lloyd was able to continue, but he eventually did get a penalty.
1: Yeah, he was able to continue, but uh, was penalized for the contact. So that dropped him out of the top five. And as you said, that allowed uh, Garbarino to to slide through and take the third spot uh, on the podium and moving over back and Cameron Weinberg up into the top five.
0: Yeah, Hart Charger ended up being Austin Olds. It was a it was a rough day for Austin, all told. They, uh, had, they found on Saturday night, they found that they had a bent chassis. They were able mm-hmm. to pull another one out and get another chassis dialed up for him. He qualifies top 10, but then is light by half a pound at the scales. Got to start at the tail of field in the pre-final. Working his way up in the pre-final, got a punch of passes done. And then I, something happened. I can't remember. what. It, uh, I think it was a Ben axle. I think obviously... Obviously, was in the middle of some kind of an incident. Ben Axel came in early, ended up having to start 33rd on the field in the main event and in tough conditions, drove his way up to ninth.
1: Yeah, up and down weekend when you right. you start the weekend. Uh, you know, we went. I went and saw them on Friday, and he's like, yeah, man, we're feeling really good. We got the pace. We got drivers watching what we're doing. Uh, and then everything kind of just went away. And then, as you said, Saturday, they found out uh bent chassis. I think they bent it back. Um, I don't know if they pulled out a new one for Sunday or if they, they just, went
0: and, they went, yeah, they went, they went over and grabbed a new one from, okay. uh, they from did. Sean okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. Cause they, they, they had it on the table. They had it straightened, but they're like, listen, we got pace. We're here. We're here to try to run up front, not to try to limp this thing home. Right. Like we can, it's, it's just it didn't make any sense to keep going out with it. So they got another chassis from Sean yeah. Bale.
1: Yeah, but uh, good to see him do well in uh, in wet conditions. And again, anytime it's wet, it gives you an opportunity to gain a lot of spots. So 24 spots in a, uh, what, 20, oh, what was the, no, oh, sorry, I lost the, se- oh, 17, 17 yeah
0: 17 minutes plus a lap. Yeah, so but they got
1: 17 up, laps.
0: No, no, they actually, no, 17 minutes plus a lap. I want right, to say, but what they.
1: I'm saying, the old total race distance was 17 laps.
0: Well, they only got 17 because literally X30 yeah. Senior, remember X30 Pro got 23.
1: Correct. Because, yeah, all the main events on Sunday after mini swift were 17 minutes plus one lap. And because of the drying conditions, they had already ruled all finals at this lap or at this um, distance. Yeah, the I think. Yeah, that was the only one that went longer. I think junior. I think junior landed just on 22. It did. As did, I think, uh, K 100 master
0: pro shifter as well.
1: And bro shifter, yep. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised they didn't, when it was full drive, they just didn't go back to 22. I, I was that kind, of, that kind of surprised me. So they didn't yeah. go back. To, <laughs> let's go 22 laps. We're dry again. Anyways, yep. bottom line is uh, detulio with another championship, 115 points ahead of Steven Miller. So, a very strong winter series for detulio to beg a couple of championships for himself, for inter MS, for Cart Republic. Way to make a statement to start the season. Uh, and then again, uh, Donovan Bania. Was third in points, 219 back. So a couple of third place finishes in the championships for Bonilla. We'll move now to X30 Junior, presented by Rolls and Performance Group. And uh, the headline here is Ardiles with solid pace for the championship.
1: Yeah, Ardiles was essentially the driver to beat all weekend yeah. long. Near perfect weekend for him. Uh, mm-hmm. Swept the day, swept the action on Saturday. Uh, fast time in qualifying, won the pre-final and had to fight his way back forward though in the main event. Got dropped to sixth place early on, but uh race pace kept him fast and moving forward, eventually getting back into the lead by lap uh lap ten of the twenty-two lap race, and then essentially from there kept himself at the front of the field, never was really challenged, had Jackson Woldney trailing him uh Actually, Wolney was fast lap of the race towards the end of the race, but just not enough to be able to uh, to get out after our uh, as as um, uh, Diego was going went on to win his second race of the series to that point.
0: You know, you think about Jackson Woolney and kind of, you know, the winter series being his breakout when he was first able to get on the podium. And where he's come since then, you know, obviously he's really stepped things up. And, and he was, he was, you'll find out he was obviously second in both days on Saturday and Sunday. He just had a lot of great speed out of Jackson Woolney running for Speed Concepts Racing on the red Speed. Uh, Enzo Vidmontien ended up finishing in the third box. Alexander Vanchev for Zanella Racing was right up in there scrapping away on the weekend too. He got a couple of a top five finishes. He finishes fourth. Sarah Bradley, once again, continuing some of the impressive pace we saw from her. In January for Speed Concepts Racing, so she finishes fifth. Tristan Murphy ended up being the uh, uh, the hard charger. Was in the slow group in qualifying, worked his way forward, twenty seventh position from the from the pre final. ended up finishing thirteenth, a twenty or a fourteen spot improvement for Tristan Murphy.
1: Yeah, good good uh, recovery for him in the twenty two lap race.
0: Mm -hmm. On Sunday, Uh, yeah, Sunday qualifying qualifying was a wild one. That was
1: the only blemish to Diego's uh, weekend in yeah. Homestead. Uh, Max Weiland put down a flyer of 48.062, so just 8,000s quicker than what Ardiles was able to get on Saturday uh, to steal the pole position away from him and the rest of the field. Uh, but Ardiles came back and was able to win the pre-final. Uh, Weiland and Woolney were right there uh, in the mix, kind of keeping keeping him honest uh, it was kind of a three-driver breakaway and and was close. So we were expecting, okay, we're gonna get, we're gonna get a great fight, a great battle uh, in the main event. Unfortunately, Ardila's was just too strong, uh, super fast um, in the in a somewhat dry track. I, I I think maybe the first couple of laps they were kind of finding out where, what the grip level was for the drivers. Would you agree with that, Rob?
0: Well, yeah, that was. To a certain extent, right? Because we were we were essentially fully Master dry. Because K. Master just got done. Yeah. and they were pretty much fully dry. But again, listen, tra- yeah. listen, we had enough enough rain that the track was a little dirty. That's for sure, right? It wasn't. It
1: wasn't yeah. Fully so, up, so. So yeah, I think I think a lot of drivers are trying to to, to 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 navigate the track without, again, not using the, the rumble strips. Were uh couldn't well, use them you, as
0: that's it. That's the key. You couldn't go offline. It, the, the, yeah. dr- there was a dry line, but if you went significantly offline, you were back in the damp again. Still, that's yeah. one part of
1: it especially the rumble strips where the water yes. was sitting and not drying away uh, because the sun hadn't dried it all out yet. So mm-hmm. um, so it certainly caught the junior drivers off a little bit. Ardilas was able to navigate it strongly, uh, out any issues, never put a wheel wrong, and just was able to put down consistent lap times. Woolney again, quickest on, on the fast lap of the race by nearly two tenths over what wow. Ardilas was able to do. But I think Ardila is just too consistent in the early part of the race to be able to, uh, to stay away. And Woolney ran solo in second. But again, a strong drive by Ardila for a third victory. Uh, we'll need another runner up result. So uh, a good one, two by those two drivers.
0: Yeah, it was a really good fight for P three. And that was, I was, I was sad to see Max Weiland retire at one point with whatever mechanical mm-hmm. issue it was because, because listen, he qualified on pole, did well in the pre-final in the middle of the main event. He's, in, you know, he's in the middle of this fight. Great opportunity for him to learn, you know, fighting up front and, and he fell back a bit and got himself back forward and like, wasn't given up, which I thought was great. Hopefully he'll take a lot from this event going to the next one. And be able to continue to do that because he showed really good pace. Uh, in the end, with him retiring, Vanchev, as I had mentioned, for um, for Zanella coming through for third, Ty Fisher for TB Cart in the Race Lab crew. Uh, Ty Fisher was strong in, in the middle of the discussion all weekend long. He ends up fourth. Michael McGoy rounding out the top five. And indeed, I talked about Vanchev. So he he had a good run up front in that group. You know, on Saturday, Sunday he had to start deep in the field, and we were watching him come through like he was just like on attack. He's actually the driver who ended up being the hard charger. David, up 21 spots. How about 24th to third in the end for vanchev
1: Yeah, DNF in the pre-final put him at the back of the field for the main event. So uh, he was probably able to take advantage of those nimbly, nimble early laps that some of the drivers were taking to to not get too crazy. There were probably a few spin offs as well um, and a few DNFs along the way, but still a solid drive uh just just uh, about a tenth off what Ardila's was able to put down for fast laps so again a, a really good performance uh overall on the weekend by by Vanchev
0: Ardilas actually came into the championship with an opportunity, or the series, the, the finale, with a chance to win two championships. Only came away with this one, 115 points. He wins the X-30 Junior Championship over Jackson Wolny. Again, had that, those two really good finishes on, on, uh, on Saturday and Sunday to, to move to second. Enzo Vidmi at Montaigne rounding out the top three in that championship. Many of the same drivers in this battle again in KA 100 Junior, which present, was presented by Nash Motorsports for this year's Winter Series. Here's the headline, though. Garzón holds on to championship with wild ending
1: it was this was probably the one category we're kind of watching the points as they ran and i kind of screwed up my side of the (laughs) equation but uh, we won't get into that later so uh um saturday was you know it was Garzón and and that were the drivers to beat in January they were the same drivers to beat uh this weekend as yeah. well our was the quickest driver in qualifying and then won the pre-final and then the two drivers were away from the rest of the field but still battling it was kind of good to see them kind of going back and forth gauging each other uh, but Garzone just proved to be a little bit stronger and was able to take the lead towards the end of the race and just kind of Muscle his way a little bit quicker uh, ahead of Ardiles to be able to score a second victory on the series.
0: Yeah, indeed, Garzón with the win by almost a full second from Ardiles. Jackson Woolney, uh, another podium finish, finishing in the third spot on Saturday. Naomi Jade Garcia on the uh, Sodi cart. She was really impressive. She was in the fight up there for third, fourth, and fifth with Ty Fisher as well. Uh, really impressive to see Jade uh, Naomi rather do so well, and hopefully we'll see her run the national series this year. Super impressive uh let's look at the the hard chargers well in that category cole madeiros on a cosmic started all the way back in 51st dead last up 28 spots to finish 23rd listen you know cole didn't get all the the uh the experience from racing up front but david when you're passing that many people coming through the field that's a ton of experience for a young driver
1: it was certainly, a great a great run for him. A uh, DN DNF didn't complete a lap, so had a little bit better tires than everybody else. But still, sure to be able to get that many spots in in a, in a race, very impressive.
0: So we talked about the fact that Diego Ardiles and Sebastian Garzon kind of going back and forth on Saturday. We didn't really talk about it, but they were really 1-2 in qualifying, 1-2 in the pre-final. It was either Ardiles or Garzon when they were up front, right? Same mm-hmm. goes for Sunday qualifying, although Garzon flipped the switch. Uh, he ends up winning the, uh, the, t- the poll, David, and then went on to win the pre-final as well.
1: Yeah, he did. And then uh, the main event came, and as we said, talked about earlier, they were the first in the rotation of the main events. And I want to say probably just before about the halfway point, uh, that's when the the skies opened up and the rain started coming down. Um, Enzo Vidmontien was actually the driver that was out front when the rain when the rain started going. Garzone and Ardiles both had some issues early on in the race, so they they kind of were were trying to fight their ways themselves back towards the front of the field as Vidmontien was out front. Um, when the rain hit, Vidmontien was, was the quickest driver out there, uh, navigating the, uh, the wet conditions very well, was able to get away and get, into, uh, uh, get the provisional win. Unfortunately for him, a uh, uh, disqualification for tampering with the pushback bumper while on track uh, removed him from the results, uh, excluded him from the results on the day, um, essentially handing the victory over to Jackson Woolney so as this was all going on, where we're kind of focused on the championship and where Ardilas was and where Garzone was. Well, Garzone and when the when the rain started to, to fall, went off into the wall. He kept going, started making his way back up, but then hit the wall again. <laughs> and so it was it was kind it was dramatic in that point, in that sense, because Ardilas, if he had the ability to, to get up there and get the victory, could chas- could possibly have taken away the championship. But with the way they finished our ended up finishing second overall Garzone, I think was in the seventh position after all the penalties and everything that happened. He did have fast lap of the race. So got 10 bonus points for that, but it didn't matter because he still had enough points from the, the, the first three rounds to consider this his drop race and uh, was able to score the championship by, Oh, I didn't put the points there. I'll have, you to, I'll have to dub that. You go through the top five. I'll tell you the points.
0: Yeah. So, so indeed. So, it ended up being Jackson only getting the win with the disqualification de- the for Vidmontien, was he was trying to kick out his pushback bumper, which folks just don't do that. Like they're gonna find you, especially when car chasers got full coverage. It was literally on the screen. He was trying to kick his bumper forward, and that quickly got picked up by race control. Uh, so Jackson only finished second on the racetrack. He ends up uh, winning the race. Ardila is in second. Ty Fisher on the podium in third. Max Christia and Luke Tall. Rounded out the top five. Hard charger was Travis Pettit from the deep in the field, started 49th. He went up 36 spots for Travis, up to 13th position. Garzon winning the championship over Ardiles. Wolney ended up in third. And David, what was that championship gap between Garzon and Ardiles?
1: Yeah, 14 points separated the two drivers wow. after uh, best of three championship. Wolney, 165 points back in third.
0: Wow, amazing. All right, another break in the uh, the show here, folks. When we get back, we'll do KA100 Master, Mini Swift, and Micro Swift. We'll essentially wrap up the race reports section of this edition of the debrief. It's a multi time world champion, and it's a Super USA Super Nationals winner. It is Sodi Kart. And starting in 2023, the Sodi brand has found a new home here in the U.S. Sony Racing USA is the new exclusive importer of the Sodi Kart chassis line under the karting distribution banner, led by industry veteran Terry Germanovich. The French manufacturer Sodi Kart is a leader within the karting industry, offering a wide range of products and services. The Sony Racing chassis line offers product in classes from mini to KZ. All based on years of development and championship seasons around the world. Sodi Racing USA has already begun establishing its dealer network, working with the Karting Collective on the West Coast, and recently signing PK Sport to serve as a dealer and the official race team on the East Coast. Visit sodi-racing-usa.com to learn more about the Sodi Kart chassis line, or call 954-634-5111. To become part of the Sony Racing USA network today. Sony Kart, the world leader in the karting industry. Motor mounts. They keep your engine attached to your chassis, right? The answer is they're much more important than that. Your motor mount is critical in transferring 100% of the power from your engine through to your tires and the racetrack. You need this. To get on the podium each and every time you race. Odenthal Racing Products is here for you, providing the best motor mounts on the karting market today, all designed to make sure you're using all the horsepower you pay for. Odenthal Racing Products is a family-owned and operated business with decades of karting experience in providing products with unmatched quality and value for our racing community. The Pro Series mount for two cycle engines, which is available in 0, 5, and 8 degree inclinations provides a rigid structure to help keep vibration to a minimum without adding too much weight to your setup. The 4-cycle Easy-Set system is one of the most popular mounts for the & Stratton 206 power plant. Multiple mounting holes provide the most adjustability depending on your chassis and seat placement. To ensure a tight fit to your chassis, our ORP wedge clamps get the job done, and they feature a number of design updates to provide a lower profile and lighter weight. The clamps are available from 28mm to 32mm in both standard and Euro-style sizes. And now, Odenthal has also revolutionized the karting industry with its new EZGP camera mounting system. Designed to mount anywhere on your chassis with one or two cameras, the ORP EZGP camera mount is your solution to capture that on-board winning moment. Head to OdenthalRacing.com and find a dealer near you. Odenthal Racing Products. Proudly made in the USA. Check out any major national karting event, and what's the common thread? Speed Concepts Racing. Up front, in every class, every weekend. The Speed Family has been at the forefront of American karting for over 25 years, speed concepts racing is the sole dedication of father mike speed and his multi-time championship winning son alex speed this program is all about passion for the sport and a dedication to winning they know how to get it done if you're a senior driver ready to put yourself amongst the best in the country speed concepts racing is the program for you we can win the big races you just need to be in the seat the speeds program has delivered time over time in the junior classes as well helping to elevate a long list of young drivers from mid-pack to potential race winners. Speed Concepts Racing has the perfect equation of coaching, driver development, and technical knowledge to elevate your program. Arrive and Drive opportunities are available for the remainder of the 2023 season, and we're locking in seats for 2024 as well. If you're ready to take your career to the next level, contact Speed Concepts Racing through email at speedconceptsracing@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Welcome back folks. It's time to wrap up the race report of this edition of the debrief. Again, the race report today brought to you by Parolin USA. We are discussing the supercarts USA winter series finale weekend from Homestead, Florida. Let's go into K a 100 master presented by Alessandro's racing. And the headline is Garrido repeats as champion.
1: Yeah. Garrido was the, uh, a walk-up entry. We didn't see him on the pre-entry list when we talked about this category in the outlap podcast. So, Good to see the returning champion or the defending champion back to uh, to stake his claim and uh, set the fast time in qualifying on Saturday with fifty point seven one nine. Excuse me, <clears throat> sorry about that. Um, sorry. And so, um, but it was uh, Charlie Fonseca or Carlos, as we all <laughs> yeah, him know him from the past, uh, who was the driver to beat essentially on Saturday. Went up and won the pre-final. And in the main event, uh, it was him and Mario Barrios up front uh, going back and forth. And uh, Fonseca just had a little bit more than Barrios, the former SCUZA Pro Tour champion. And uh, Fonseca took the victory by just under half a second.
0: Yeah, finishing in third spot and kind of taking uh, you know, control of the championship as well was Miguel Mir. He was obviously in a very good position because Michelle Garrido, we talked about being on pole, He was another driver in the championship battle, but he only came in fourth place in points uh, from from January. So Mir had the kind of position he needed to be in. He was third, gave himself a little breathing room. Garrido in the fourth spot, as we said. Grace Hamer back for RPG on the Cosmic. She finished fifth. Luis Quiones, your hard charger, but then again, started 11th up to eighth. So not a lot of movement in a 12-cart field. This is where things got really interesting because Miguel Muir, David, essentially coming into Sunday – all he needs is a you know a top three finish probably, and he's going to lock this thing down, right? So out of the gate, Miguel, uh, rather uh, Mario Barrios, fastest driver, right, a fifty point eight five zero. He goes to win the pre final as well, and then remember this is when they actually came on when the track was wet, then drying. In fact, five of the twelve, or six, yeah, five or six of the twelve. I think five of the twelve went with wets. Well, the track had dried up pretty significantly since the checkered flag and the green flag of the Masters guys. So once they rolled out, wet dry, dries were the way to go. The wet guys really didn't even finish. Everybody else ended up pulling off. That's where things got interesting because David Miguel Mir was comfortable early, but it didn't end up going that way for him.
1: No, he lasted just one lap before a broken brake rotor uh, ended his race and essentially ending his chance at a title because, again, yeah. Depending on where he finished and where Garrido finished, uh, the championship was going to come down to those two drivers. Uh, unfortunately for Mir, he had to watch from the sidelines with a broken uh, brake rotor, uh, again, ending his race. And as you said, you know, a number of drivers were on the rain tire. So as the track began drying, they were pulled off the racetrack. So really, there was only, what, four drivers on the racetrack uh, when the race was uh, yeah. completed towards the end of the or after 17 minutes and one lap. They did get in 20 laps of racing, um, and up front it was uh, Barrios leading until Garrido had enough of them Essentially,
0: <laughs> got by him
1: and then just walked away. It just was like something clicked, and the, the way the the track had dried out just enough uh, was perfect for Gordo's setup. Barrios just struggled and wasn't able to keep pace. I mean, you talk, you look at it. Their fast lap of the race. Garrido's was on lap 18. Bar- Barrios was on 19. We're talking about seven tenths of a second quicker. Yeah, it's, it's just something. So something just didn't click with Barrios' setup. Maybe he went. Maybe because it was a little damp, with a little bit more grip, or I don't know what it was, but it just wasn't working. And Garrido had the the right setup, fast lap of the race, goes on to take the victory and essentially puts him into the championship for a second straight year.
0: So David, what I thought was interesting and this I kind of picked this up a little bit from from the coverage from Car chaser coverage when I was kind of watching it. obviously, when you're in, a, you're in a transition like this and you're kind of bringing your card up how much you know how much can you get done if you're in the wet, you have certain you know have certain setup It appeared to me like potentially Barrios's front was still wide you know when, you, when you're in a, in a wet setup, mm. you widen the mm-hmm. front, and narrow the rear yeah it looks like his was still pretty wide where I think I feel like Garrido's, they maybe had adjusted the front a little bit. So they took, you know, took, narrowed it up a little bit in the front nor- to where it would be more of a, a dry setup. I, I want to say that, that may have played played a role. I'm wondering just whether or not maybe Barrios just kind of chewed the front tires up a little more, even though we know that obviously out there in the dries, just because he had it so wide, may just put a lot of those tires. That's my thought.
1: Yeah. I mean, you could, because again, there's different ways of setting up for changing conditions like that. You could have a dry setup with rain tires ready to already mounted and then just swap out and put the dry ones on or you could have a full wet setup on and then, Oh man, we need to go to dry tires because it's drying and then not have the ability to change the geometry uh, of a rain setup for the dry tires. So yeah, there's a lot of that uh, that could have possibly happened because again, his fast lap was, um, was, was slower than Fonseca who ended up finishing in third. Uh, He, he was trailing and gradually catching up to these two drivers, but eventually ran out of time. So yeah, Yeah, uh, interesting way to end the year for the K100 Master. Again, Garrido with the championship. Mir finishing second in the standings, backed by 55 points, while Jesus Portillo in the third spot for the championship.
0: Yeah, indeed. Garrido, Barrios, Fonseca, Portillo, and Gerstner. Tom Gerstner, 67 years, young, top five drivers in the, in the class. Legal uh, Luis Quiones actually ended up finishing P4 on the racetrack, but was DQ'd in tech, so both Portillo and Gerstner did not get to the checkered flag and, indeed, ended up finishing fourth and fifth. As we said, number of drivers waved off as they were significantly slower on the wet tires in the dry conditions. We'll go down to Mini Swift, presented by Trinity Karting Group, and here's the headline. Four different winners over four rounds. Yeah, not the only class to go four winners.
1: No, not the only class to go four winners. So that was really cool to see. Exciting to kind of watch. And we knew that was going to kind of be the headline going into this weekend with uh, Rocco Simone and uh, Alessandro Truchot not returning after winning the two races in January. They went over to Europe and raced there. Uh, so we, we knew we were going to have some new faces at the front of the field. Benji Fernandez, he was actually towards the front of the field last month, but uh, uh, put his name on the, uh, the the contenders list early with fast time and qualifying. It ended up being uh, Marcos Samot. I can Damn it. never say I know I'm trying to say it like it's spelled, uh, who actually drove up and won the pre-final in a pretty heated battle. Uh, that featured probably about five drivers for this this race win. Uh, you get into the main event, however, again multiple drivers exchanging position here and there. Eventually, it ended up being Troy Ferguson who came through. Uh, he started back in the ninth spot, but worked his way forward one by one. Eventually, got his way up into the lead, and once there, uh, was able to uh, to lead. Uh, uh, lead, his, lead his way uh, to the checkered flag uh, for his first win of the season.
0: Yeah. A lot of great guys in, in the battle there. Obviously Ferguson getting the win. Marco Samet, as we said, was right in there. Royce Fago was up there with the two Bennett guys, uh, asham Woon on the super tuned parallel Julian Rivera there as well for RPG on the cosmic, a lot of good racing. Of course, as we know, we always get this all the time in, in this mini Swift class and they really put on a tremendous show for us. And, and even to give a little extra for Ferguson, not only as David mentioned, he started deeper in the field. Also the hard charger as well on that class coming from ninth for the race win. Now, Mentioned that Vega was quick as well. He ends up, David, starting off Sunday in qualifying, put it on the pole with a 52.776.
1: Yeah, a great lap for him. And then uh, came back in the pre-final. Again, another great battle featuring, what, probably eight different drivers uh, this time around, uh, going back and forth. Ended up being Samet with the, the race win once again in the pre-final. So two pre-final wins uh, for the Brandon Jarza Crack Racing driver uh, on the LN racing cart. Um, uh, this race, however, was in wet conditions. Um, the cage junior got a, a shower and so did the mini swift because <laughs> I was out there in the wet, getting, getting <laughs> wet, uh, in the rain, getting wet. So, uh, this one, it was, uh, Fernandez that, uh, essentially found his way to the front. Very similar to what we saw Ferguson do the day before, uh, came up from seventh, um, in the, uh, on the grid. I I believe yeah on the grid and then just slowly kind of found his way, got himself into the top three. And then I want to say it was, it was Vega that was out front leading the way. Um, eventually got around Royce for the top position. And then from there, uh, drove away to a 2.3 second margin of victory, uh, with, even though Vega did put in the fast lap of the race early on when the rain wasn't too heavy. Um, uh, it, it was uh Fernandez picking up the victory,
0: yeah. Ashton Woon ends up in third. Fort Ferguson backs up his win with a fourth, uh, on, on Sunday, and then uh, Josh Bergman on the Sodi cart, uh, finishing up the top five. Colton Schneegenberg on the Gallard was the hard charger, started 15th. He was able to navigate the wet conditions to work his way up to sixth. And then, uh, David, when it was all said and done, obviously, we talked about the fact that. That uh, Truchot and Simone weren't there, the drivers that won in January. They were over at the, uh, the WSK race well, uh, in competition. Benjamin Fernandez kind of took over the the, the lead in the points as he was third coming in, but didn't have the best run as we know on, uh, on Saturday. And then it ended up being a pretty close battle. Royce Vega with the championship over Marco Samet by 89 points, Ferguson back by just 94. So 94 points separated the top three drivers in the championship chase.
1: Yeah, the DNF on Saturday in the main event after one lap certainly hurt him in the championship race. Yeah. Uh, but Royce Vega uh, took advantage of it, um, even though he didn't pick up a victory. Uh, very similar to what we saw last year. I don't think Alessandro Trichot won at all last year. Might have got that one victory after uh, Palacio was disqualified. But still, a great start to the year for Royce Vega, who we've seen win a number of times last year.
0: Let's go to uh, Micro Swift now. Brought to you by Team U Race. We'll cap off this edition of the Race Report part of the Debrief Podcast, and here is the headline: Ogera and Burgess split as former claims championship. What a what a great race we had all weekend long with the Micro Swift drivers.
1: Yeah, once again, Micro Swift seems to be the race to watch. You know, they're not the quickest guys, but uh, a lot of respect from one another, and again, great. You know, battling back and forth, you know, passing in this spot, passing in that spot, and that's something we saw throughout the weekend uh, for this category. Um, I thought I wrote his name, but I didn't. Where Win. is his name? Win, Go- Win-, Win God. Win, Win God. Shock. God Shock. It's just a name, new name again. That's something we we talked about in the Outlap podcast. Is a lot of new names. So Win God Shock. And listen, uh,
0: we'll get we'll get we'll give David a little break here. I announced the name all weekend long, so I practiced it all weekend long, David. This is the first time you've really had to verbalize his name, other than writing it all weekend long. I so- say I
1: can tell you how to spell it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Uh, oh my god! So yes, win God Shock. Uh, out of the gate, super impressive, right? It was it was fun to watch him really get at it.
1: It was a shock. No, I I was like, who? Wait, I, I thought something was wrong because he was actually in the first group for qualifying, and you was were God to- shocked. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes. Man.
1: So shocked by that. Uh, shocked everybody. A 52.893 put him on top of the time sheets for that. But it was uh, Orioli yeah, that uh, won the pre-final driver. We saw kind of step up in the opening weekend, uh, nearly got his first win last month. Until uh, that red flag uh, sh- uh, took that away and gave it back to Zane Burgess. But um, it was uh, it was he who was leading a majority of the final after winning the pre-final. But a little bit of contact during racing dropped him back down a little bit. Allowed Godshock and uh, Danny O'Gara to kind of battle it out until the end. Um, and then I, I, I'm trying to remember how this played out. Because I, I want to say O'Gara got him what a lap or two before the main before the finish.
0: Yeah, well, the one the way I kind of characterized it was uh, you know Daniel O'Gara and uh, Santiago Orioli for M- for MPG Motorsports were are the two teammates on the Kart Republic and they were kind of working together right with the other guys that were in the middle of the fight right with Godshock being right in there and it, to me it was like it was just there was a lot of there was a lot of contact there was there was guys who were kind of going back and forth they were making some moves. Ogara just kind of the way I laid it was he just did it stayed out of the chaos. That's, everything that's seemed, right. Yeah. Everything seemed to happen around uh, now. Danny, right? He was just he was in the right place. He would make a really good move to not be part of something. Good reaction time, and he he kind of was able to work his way to the front, just staying out of all the contact. that was yeah, happening? Yeah,
1: God, him. I I remember that now because I, I took the photo. Godshock shock was made made a move into the 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 first hairpin and kind of caught Orly only off guard. And the two kind of made contact as they were yes. on the exit, as you know, Godshock thought he had the had the corner, so went went hit to the exit. Well, or the only was already there, and and so they made contact. So Santiago went off the racetrack. He went well and off, th- yeah. And that I think was the penalty for where, yes. So O'Gara essentially took advantage of that, as you said, was there in the right place at the right time, took over the lead and held off a win. Uh, God. Godshock, Godshock uh, to the line for the victory who uh for his first winter series victory. Godshock was second but was penalized for that contact. So that essentially took him uh from the second spot to sixth in the final order, uh moving Lance uh Lawrence Perriman up into the second spot, Jake Melanalo into third, uh Orlioli into fourth and then Easton Kubinski into the fifth spot.
0: Yeah, exactly that. Lawrence was kind of right back there in the LN cart, as was Many uh Manileo was right there. Orioli, although he went all the way off the racer, was able to come back on. And I think he got a couple spots before it was all said and done. But mm-hmm. indeed, Perriman, uh, Orioli, and Kubinski were the top five. Um uh IX Capitan Garduna on the cosmic was the hard charger starting 38th up into the top 20. And again, just great racing, as we said. Now and then we go into Sunday we'll talk about it. But remember when we get to the race again, they were, you know, that it was the race. It was still wet before the dry for KA 100 master. So a big challenge for the drivers in micro swift, although Leo Simone, David out of the hole, uh, impressive putting the cart on the pole as a rookie driver in the category.
1: Yeah. And he was one of those drivers that was in the mix on Saturday till I think, uh, might've been contact that took him out of the race too, or, okay. or, or he made contact with the wall, going through the double rights that are coming, leading on to the main straight. So mm. uh, Simone was quick on Saturday and certainly showed it on Sunday with fast time and qualifying, but Orly only uh, pulled through to get the pre-final win. And as you said, drying racetrack after k K100 senior had run. Uh, so all the drivers were on wet, t- wet, wet tires for the race, but no more rain was falling down. So that was kind of the good thing for them. They were able to kind of navigate um, the racetrack very well. But the story was Zane Burgess, the, the double winner from uh, January, who had to, who restarted the pre-final last, changed engines after qualifying. Just something wasn't going right for him. So they made an engine change. Well, he went from what? 20, 36th to eighth in the pre-final alone. So putting him in the top 10 to start the main event. And then basically it was just him night. Picking off a driver after driver after driver could uh, Easton Kabinsky was a driver that was out front pretty much leading the majority of the race. And then once Burgess got up to him, was able to get by him took over the lead. And then from there only led the last two laps, but pulled away to uh, a 1.2 second advantage at the line fast lap of the race by what? Eight, tenths, 7 tenths? Quick. Wow. Um, just, just really fast lap times for Zane Burgess on the wet tires for the Sodi Cart. So three victories for Zane Burgess out of the four rounds, giving him the championship as well.
0: Yeah. Another fast driver coming out of Jamaica, right? We've seen a couple of them before. So could have Zane Burgess there. Easton Kubinski, as David said, led for a majority of the time, ended up finishing in second uh, Daniel O'Gara, an, another podium finish after the win on Saturday. Daniel Ramirez up to fourth. And Santiago Orioli, O'Gara's teammate, ends up finishing fifth on Sunday. Enough for him to hold on to the second place in points. But Burgess, with those three wins, scores the championship by 113 points. O'Gara back there in third. So all told, a really good way to start off the season in micro-swift. And as David and I talked about, In our Outlap podcast, a lot of brand new names. We always get this in the micro category, the young kids coming up, but there's a lot of young kids, a bunch of seven, a lot of seven and eight year olds in the category. So we're going to see these names for the next couple of years, but they are new for 2024. So get ready, folks. There's a lot of really good, talented young drivers we're going to be talking about for the next number of years in the cadet category through micro into mini. Before they even get to junior, because they've got at least five or six years or seven years before they get there. Final break, folks. When we get back, we will look at the wrap up. We'll talk about the Constructors' Championship and we'll have a look at the ECAN Trackside Live race calendar. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment: Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Stilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track and their karting lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT Karting Helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual-density interior foam lining, and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger Carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The Perfect Youth Helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market, with its form fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo. Any competition, one helmet. Made in the USA. It's not just a statement; it's the mission at Factory Carts of America. Led by four-time SuperNats champion Billy Musgrave, Factory Carts manufactures their frames completely in-house at the Riverside, California facility. Built and designed from the ground up specifically for the American karting market, Factory Carts brings new innovations and solutions that are long overdue. Factory carts bring together the highest quality materials to produce a high-performance, long-lasting cart that has been designed and perfected from three years of development, with a focus for a big push across North America in 2023. No other carting manufacturer stands behind its product like Factory Carts does, providing a two year warranty on all their frames. Do you remember when American Made meant innovative, original, stronger, faster, and just plain better? Well, American Made is back. Contact Factory Carts today to join the American Made movement. Learn more by visiting factorycarts.com or email Billy anytime at infofactorycarts.com. At A leading name in high-performance engines is D2 Motors. Owned and operated by karting champion Danilo Ramalho. D2 Motors can power you to the top of the podium. D2 Motors has been servicing karters in North America since 2019 and is opening its doors to teams and drivers across the national and local racing circuits. D2 Motors is offering access to superior engine technology designed to elevate performance on the track. There is no engine platform that D2 Motors has not excelled at. They are a leading Rotex service center, along with developing championship-winning power for the IAMI and Rock brands. If you are seeking a competitive edge and reliability, partner with D2 Motors today. Call 954-895-6334 or visit D2 Motors Official on social media. D2 Motors, come and join the power with us. All right, we are back. Time to wrap things up for this edition of The Debrief, episode number 125. Supercar USA Winter Series finale from AMR Homestead Miami Motorplex, presented by MG Tires. Rob Howard alongside David Cole. DC, let's wrap things up here right now. The bottom line is there was some heated battles throughout the weekend. All the categories, essentially, we just rolled through the race report. And each class, we were talking about these head-to-head scraps. And a lot of times, it was these two, dri- two drivers and two drivers and two drivers other times it was packs of 10 so it was just it just was some really good racing all told
1: it was it was a uh, really good racing and again you know you're going to have contact that's something we got to realize there's going to be contact in racing people are racing. going for the same piece of real estate that's that's yeah. what happens um we just don't want the obvious and blatant takeouts that's what we're that's right. what we're trying to uh to keep away But, um, it was great racing, good racing. I, I think I like, again, I said it before and I'll say it again, the clockwise direction is the better direction for this racetrack. I love, I, I don't know what it is. Um, it, I just think it produces better racing, gives you the two hairpins towards the end of the lap rather than in the middle, um, and then again, you got the combination of the left, right, right going in onto the the main straight to kind of yep. give you another last chance at trying to get a, a pass or two uh, leading to the finish line. So again, and it's just, it's not really, the
0: long straightaway drag race of the line. right.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> you know we have enough of those racetracks. We exactly. we always go to Newcastle. We don't need it. That's yeah. <laughs>
0: So one of the things also on the, on the weekend, which is funny, is, listen, it's Homestead, right? We, we don't talk about it a lot. We're less than a couple of miles away from the Atlantic Ocean, from where the racetrack is. You're at sea level. And where you are across from the Gulf side to the, the coast side, you know, the, the Atlantic side, you're going to get – it rains almost every day in Homestead, you know, for a little bit, <laughs> for, you know, a half an hour. And if David Cole's there, it's definitely going to rain. But, yeah, it, it, always, it always seems to be a little cell that comes across, dumps on us. And you go from, hey, we're dry, now we're racing in the wet, and then sooner or later, it dries up and there's a class that goes from, you know, are you running the wets or do you need to to roll the dice in the dries, right? It's. it's, I think it's kind of fun, but it is what it is for Homestead.
1: And this time it came from the south. You know, we normally it comes from, you know, the west, Mm -hmm. hits us that way, you know, over the Keys and then comes up and gets us, but it came from the South, like directly South. So all that, uh, all the water in the Caribbean, luckily it was warm rain, you know, it wasn't cold sure. rain. So that was nice. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it just, it always rains in Homestead. That's just, I don't, I don't, I don't know how you guys avoided it last year. I really do. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Supercars
0: USA has got their twenty twenty four season underway, David, their first champions decided and, and some deserving champions and what we'll see whether or not that momentum rolls through right for DeTulio, a couple of pro you know a couple of senior championships big for him orgado steals a championship from formal you know you look at the juniors and you see Diego Ardiles from RPG was in the fight for two championships he ends up getting one uh Sebastian garzone gets a championship right the kids put on a good show Royce Vegas stepping to the Forefront as as we would expect with a lot of the other drivers you know that that, that we that we know and then of course a new look at, at potentially Zane Burgess coming out of the gate strongly I just you know, championships were decided. And it, to me, it's, it's always an opportunity to see who we're going to be talking about for a majority of the, of the new season.
1: Yeah. And it's very rare to see a driver double up. We've seen it yeah. done before though, in the junior categories and, and a couple times in the senior, but, you know, moving forward um, we're not going to see some of these guys in K senior de is going to be X 30 only. You know, yeah, true, um, Donovan Benia is going to probably yeah. be X 30 only. So, um we'll see some different names kind of battling for championship probably on the pro tour uh once we get to the winter nationals so just remember that they supercars usa not allowing drivers to do both KA senior and X30 senior
0: yeah david you speak about double doubling up at the winter series let's just say that one of the drivers who has has, has in the past in <laughs> <doubled> the Whittle <laughs> series will be racing formula 2 this year <laughs> Right.
1: And could be somewhere else. And when Mr. Lewis Hamilton moves away. Yeah.
0: We're talking about Kimmy Antonelli, obviously, (laughs) folks, who came over with Cart Republic and kind of swept the action uh, over here. And uh, so, yeah, he's running F2 this year. Could be an F1 in a couple of years. So very exciting for sure. Speaking of uh, F1, speaking of constructors championships, David, let's just look at our own constructors championship. Um, It's a long list. It of, is of, of brands. I don't know if we've had this many brands win now, granted, nine categories all total, one with one class. But, um, yeah, 10 different brands scoring wins on the weekend.
1: Yeah, great to see the diversity of the different chassis models, brands winning uh, on the weekend. Cart Republic actually led the way with four. Uh, when you get Alessandro de Tullio winning, winning there, and you got Carr and uh, others as well. So, good, good weekend for them. Cosmic picking up three of their own. Uh, winning two races on the weekend was Burrell Art, Tony Cart, and Magic Cart with uh, Scott Skitchy Barnes, and then Red Speed, EOS, Alonzo Cart, Benick, and Sodi Cart all picking up one.
0: Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Good, good lineup as we said. The pack paddock with a bunch of different uh, brands, different teams, and as we know, Cart Republic of course with a couple of different teams: Inter MS, Trinity. You know, there's a, there's a number of teams that are running that uh, that Cart Republic chassis. So again, they're they're looking for more success. Here in 2024. Let's cap things off folks with an EK and trackside live race calendar. We'll look to see where David and I are going to be for the next uh, couple of months, a couple of weeks. This edition of the calendar brought to you by CRG Nordam. CRG is one of the most iconic brands in karting, and we're primed and ready with new material and a never ending focus on winning. CRG Nordam is the North American distributor for all CRG products. Based outside Houston, Texas, CRG Nordam supports CRG dealers across the continent. Reaching every corner of North America. Check out the CRG KT5 for tag and shift the racing, the Black Mirror for cadet competition, and the FS4 for Briggs. Longtime CRG drivers will be happy to know that the CRG Road Rebel, the standard in quality and performance, is still available. For more information on the CRG product line, head to www.cartcrg.com. And to inquire about a North American dealer near you, please email us at infocartcrg.com. At hyphen, Nordam.com. All right, David, we got a couple of weekends off, which is kind of nice to a certain extent that we can kind of press the reset button and get back at it. Uh, you'll be going back to back. I, other, on the other hand, will not, uh, well, I will be, but not with carding. Uh, March 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, rounds number uh, three and four of the Challenge of the Americas. It's T2. We're back to Tucson and the Muscleman Honda Circuit on the first weekend of March.
1: Yeah, excited to go back into the normal direction at that racetrack where, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we tried it. I I don't think I like the clockwise direction there. I love the counterclockwise. No, I don't dislike it, but I prefer the counterclockwise. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, excited to go back rounds three and four of the challenge, get to back to the challenge family, get back to In-N-Out, get back to some great Mexican food, maybe some <laughs> pizza as well. Yeah, but, you'll see, um, you know what, a
0: lot of the West, the West Coast people, right? The great thing, there's, there's a lot of great racing, of course, as we know, a lot of drivers on the East Coast right now, many are coming in. But there's also a lot of people who are club and regional racers, even national racers on the West Coast that don't want to travel, right? They want to make sure they're home in time for school. You know the teams that don't want to drive three thousand miles. There's a lot of great, great teams and families and drivers involved in the Challenge of the Americas. So, so it's the West Coast program.
1: It is, yeah, exactly that. And uh, hopefully, I won't bring the rain.
0: So. You, I don't think so. I can't see us going back to back on weekends in Tucson with the rain. But David, you are. You're the rainmeister. We'll see.
1: It's my 20th year. I'm making history, baby.
0: <laughs> it is your 20th year with eCartyNews.com. We'll touch go, more man. on that as we start the season. Uh, speaking of that, you're you're back-to-back back in the karting events. I go from Tucson to the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg to start the USF Pro Championships. But in the same weekend, David, you're at the Supercarts USA Winter Nationals. The Pro Tour getting underway March 8th, 9th, and 10th. Orlando Karts Center. We're literally like two hours apart. You're right. I'll be in St. Pete. You'll be in Orlando. But uh yeah. Get ready to start the pro tour winter nationals. We'll see which drivers from the winter series can step up and, and start their seasons off the national season off on a high
1: note. Yeah. Excited to get back to Orlando. That that's a, that, a tight confines of Orlando cart center. I think that's what we kind of have to tagline it because that's a, that's a tight racetrack. It is not a lot of room for error there. And lots of passing so, opportunities though. A lot. So it, again, it provides a lot of passing opportunities. Yeah. That's the great thing about the tight confines. Again, A lot of different back and forth situations um, around that circuit. And again, good viewing area so everybody can see the entire racetrack on the elevated catwalks that they have there. So um, a a lot of pluses about that facility should be warm weather. I'm not going to predict whether rain will hit or not because it's (laughs) Florida. So That's I'm true. going to stay away from that. I'm going to stay away from that. Unfortunately, we'll be like two hours apart. You'll be in St. Pete and I'll be there. So it, it'll be weird to be that close, but yet so far.
0: No kidding, man. No kidding. <laughs> we'll I'll figure it out. All right. Well, folks, that wraps up this edition of the debrief. Again, episode number 125. And thank you for tuning in. The Supercarts USA Winter Series wrapped up for 2024. And again, it is essentially spring training that's the concept is to is to get the drivers who run SuperCart usa get the teams get them all out at the racetrack you know they haven't been racing scusa events since the supernats which is you're looking at you know essentially almost two months uh through the end of november and december so they were able to get back at it in january they wrap things up in february everybody's ready to go so many drivers making moves up to different uh categories that's one of the big things before you jump into the national scene you get some time to race in that new category and i think that'll Help uh, a lot of the drivers be more prepared when the Pro Tour gets rolling on March 8th to 10th at Orlando with the Winter Nationals. That cap things off for this edition. As I said, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. All the sponsors, the commercials that you heard throughout this podcast, those are the people that make e-carding news happen. Without our EKN partners, we wouldn't be around. So thank you so much to them. And thank you so much for tuning in, folks. We do appreciate it. Big thank you for Supercarts USA for working with us, as you have for, well, this this series, the the, the pro tour, the winter series since the start of both. And of course, for myself since back in the late 90s, always a pleasure to work with everybody from Supercarts USA. Thanks again, folks, for tuning in to this edition of the podcast. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now. <laughs>